1: The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hello, and welcome back to the What We Said podcast. I'm Chelsea and I'm JC. And today we have the wonderful Lauren Elizabeth on, and we had such a good discussion. I can't wait for you guys to hear. It. But before we get into that, we need to, we have breaking news. We have <laughs> piping hot tea. <laughs> that's how we did last that's how we started last episode with piping hot tea for you guys <laughs> well it's even hotter this time it's scalding courtney kardashian and addison ray are coming for our brand and we're okay with it here's our plan okay if you haven't seen it first of all they posted a photo together actually addison ray and courtney um, both posted on their um Feeds. They're in pink and blue outfits. Hmm. One of them was in all pink. Who? Which one was? I think Courtney was
2: in all pink, or am I wrong? Let me look at it. One of them was in all pink. One of them was all blue.
1: Yeah, Court was in pink. Court was in pink. Addison (laughs) was in blue. All blue. And the caption of the photo. I. I'm not kidding you guys. Said that's what she said. And things are just looking a little sus around here. So this is our plan. Hopefully that if you're listening to this, go comment and tag our podcast on that photo. This is what I came over and JC said, I finally have a plan for us to get verified on Instagram. Hopefully, Addison and Courtney are starting a brand and they're going to call it, that's what she said, that's part of their brand and it's going to be pink and blue. <laughs> then you guys are going to go after them and be like, that's what we said, podcast brand. You can't do that. You're going to overwhelm them with comments saying, don't steal the no, what we, we said d- we don't. brand. Okay. Yeah. But, but In a not, nice way. But
2: not yet because they haven't done anything you don't want to come at them rude. We don't want to look like we have rude fans. Until they create a brand that actually rips off ours, then we can be like, hey, this is our brand.
1: Yeah, you really uh, you really came up with that on your own? That's suspicious. And then at that point, E! News is going to write about it. Then our name will be in the article. And therefore, we will finally get verified on Instagram. This is a scandal we've been waiting for. So we're manifesting it. i <laughs> uh, <laughs> manifesting a scandal.
2: Um, it's such a far-fetched plan that I was like, can you imagine if like, uh, clearly, no, they're not coming up with their own brand that's pink and blue and it's called, called that's, that's What, what she Said or That's What We Said. But how funny would it be? And it just was so- It was shocking. It was so shocking. Like I, I told Chelsea, I sent her this. Immediately after I saw it, because I follow Addison on Instagram, I gasped. Like, I genuinely gasped out loud. I was like, because it was so just
1: everything about it was... It's so crazy. It's so crazy. But I kind of love it. I know. I was like is it crazy for me to think that maybe, you know, when Addison Rae was just a hometown girl in Louisiana, maybe some of her friends listened to what we said. And like, maybe we've popped up on her popular page because, you know, we have mutual friends or something like that. And then she kind of got the inspiration, like, oh, I love the pink and blue vibe. And like, that's what she said. You know how you'll post things Like subconscious. Yes. Yes. Well, and you know how you'll post things like To come up with a caption, you're like, oh, what does this relate to? So maybe they came with the pink and blue and they're like, oh, that kind of reminds me of like this podcast I've seen. Not that they would do that, but (laughs) I know know Courtney listens every week. (laughs)
2: Court, what's up? What's good, babe? Um, Can't wait to be featured on Push. (laughs) Push. Push. (laughs) Uh, anyway, we still stand them both. Courtney and Chelsea have the same birthday, so they're spirit animals and you know, I love Addison Ray, So, we love these queens and we're just hoping to get a slice of the pie when they come <laughs> come up with their brand we're new just brand. Hoping
1: they lift others up, okay? That's all we're saying. And by doing that, we're hoping they're still our brand. Yeah. we. The thing is, we have
2: to keep this intro very brief because our conversation with Lauren was so good. And we also were like just rambling forever because, you know, when you're friends with someone and you just—the conversation gets going, you can't stop. Because I also kind of wanted to talk about how Instagram just came out with Reels, just mm-hmm. like the TikTok rival. But we'll save that for another We'll day. save that for maybe next week. Um. So— to introduce who Lauren Elizabeth is. If you guys do not follow her, she's a YouTuber. She has her own really cute clothing brand called XLE. Um, She does a lot of stuff. She has a podcast called Mood with Lauren Elizabeth. I love her podcast. She's super funny and fun, and I love following her. She has the best recommendations, which we'll get into in the episode. We're also going to tell you how we found her, which is kind of a funny avenue, so stay tuned for that. And We also talked about her journey of getting sober recently, which is amazing, and we're super proud and happy for her. So um, this conversation was a great one. I think you guys will absolutely love it. So without further
1: ado, here is Lauren. Lauren. You guys know here at the What We Said podcast, we are all about improving ourselves, self-growth, and development, learning new things, and all of that other jazz. So that is why we love Skillshare so much. If you have not heard of Skillshare, it is an online learning community with thousands of classes for creative and curious people. We have talked about this before many times. All of us are creative in one way or another. I think sometimes we can get stuck thinking that a creative person is a photographer or an artist, but there are so many different creative outlets out there. So if you are creative, and you are, or if you're a freelancer or honestly, just if you're a curious person looking to learn or start a new hobby, I would highly recommend checking out Skillshare. It's also actually very affordable, especially if you compare it to pricey in-person classes or workshops and an annual subscription is less than $10 a month. So two classes that we are excited to take. First one, creative
2: breakthrough, which is eight exercises to power your creativity, confidence, and career taught by Danielle Kreisa. And I'm, Very sorry if I said your name wrong, Danielle. Um, Instagram Poetry, which is creating personal visual vignettes for self-expression taught by Allison Mailey. Those both sound right up both of our alleys. Skillshare is a proud sponsor of What We Said. Explore your creativity at skillshare.com slash said and get two free months of premium membership. That is two whole months of unlimited access to thousands of classes for free. Get started and join today by heading to skillshare.com slash said. That is skillshare.com slash what we said. Hello, Lauren. Welcome to What We Said Podcast. OMG, thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to have you. We're currently on FaceTime. We were just talking about about how we prefer to do these remote um, podcast recordings over FaceTime and then you record your own audio.
0: Yes, which is so great because you did not just get my dogs barking and now they're barking (laughs) on mine. So we're going to just... Give me five seconds. I knew this was gonna happen. Hold on. My, I knew my brother was gonna get home the moment we started recording. So at least it fell out of the way. Here we go. I know the
1: struggle. My dog's barks, so, though, are 10 times. I have a great Dane, and when she barks, it like echoes the entire house and is the most terrifying noise. And I know exactly. I'm like, okay, well, I, when I have a baby, I don't know how the heck I'm gonna make this work if someone like oh. walks by our front door. I know, I was thinking the same thing. I was like, am I going to have to get rid of my dogs when I have
0: a baby? Like, <laughs> what's going on? Literally. Okay, we're just to choose.
2: Okay, Well, well, thank you for coming on our podcast. And we're actually going to copy you and your podcast by oh. asking what your f- current mood is right now. Okay,
0: first of all, that's like the biggest compliment because that means it's a form of flattery. <laughs> I'm turning up the audio. <laughs> so my current mood right now... I mean, I was telling you guys before we started recording, but it's like, I'm feeling relaxed. I'm a guest, you know, it's like, I'm leaving the heavy lifting to you gals. And I'm just feeling relaxed. And I said it on my podcast this week, but like, I'm going through this like current mood where I wish it was raining in LA because like, all I want to do is lay in bed and relax and do nothing. Cause like, I kind of miss quarantine where like it wasn't as like busy and stuff. And I'm like, if it was raining outside, this would be so nice to just like watch Netflix all day, have it be like gloomy and just be able to relax. But it's like sunny and it's like honestly killing my mood. So I'm like in this like weird in between (laughs) phase of like trying to work and trying to relax at the same time, if any of that makes sense.
1: I feel the same exact way. It's funny because when was when was like the gloom? When did that happen? When quarantine first oh, started yeah. That was terrifying. Though. Yeah. It was like a week of maybe multiple weeks of rain. And I was telling JC the first day it was sunny afterwards. I was like, oh, I kind of just like wish it was like kind of cloudy and overcast. Yes. And she was like, we were just talking about how for two weeks we wanted it to be sunny. But you know what would be ideal is if it was rainy during the week. And then on the weekends, it was sunny. So then on the weekends, <laughs> you go to the beach. You could like experience, you know. The warm sun, but then on the weekdays you could have an excuse to be, you know, chill.
0: Literally, like, why doesn't Mother Nature just get with the program? We all hate Monday through Friday and we'll take it on Saturday
2: and Sunday. Same. Agreed. I know sometimes it really is. You're just in the mood for rain because it feels so cozy. I agree. I can see that. Okay, what's like your what are you up to right now? Like what's your day-to-day looking like right now? Because in LA, we're kind of in this weird phase where it's like, kind of quarantine, kind of not in a way
0: backtracked. It's like, it's almost like confusing to like know what to be doing. Does like my new thing is I always say, does that make sense? Like I notice I say it like 500 times in therapy too. So apologies, but that's like my (laughs) new, I think it's like my new coping mechanism of like wanting approval. Like, does that make sense? Um, But I just like, I'm like so confused of what we can and can't do. Like, I know like the actual rules, like we can eat outside, but we can't eat inside a restaurant. And it's like nail salons and hair salons are like still not open. So it's like technically there's really nothing to do, but it's like that, you know, overachiever guilt of like, oh, if I stay inside all day, am I not accomplishing anything? But I'm like, what could I possibly be doing outside of my house? So I think that's why it's kind of like I'm letting myself relax a little bit more because I always tell myself in the moment, like, yes, it might feel weird if there's like a lull, if there's like not too much going on, not too much to do. But you're going to look back when all that stuff comes back and be like, oh, why didn't I just like enjoy that time? So I'm kind of trying to do that, which is why I do wish it was raining because there really isn't that much to do. Like, Yes, I, I always work from home, but it's, it's not like I can't leave my house even though I work from home. So it's like this weird thing of like trying to be productive, but just like kind of trying to enjoy like the slowness of life right now, which I haven't had
2: in like seven years. So it's actually kind of nice. I, I know how you feel. Wait, I don't think I know. Do you do the Enneagram? Like, have you taken it and are yeah. you into that? Yeah. What are you? A three. Okay. And then like a
0: wing, like, is it a wing two? Is two the one where you're like the caretaker or whatever? Yes. So I'm like a three wing two, which like totally adds up. I'll just like never understand because like so many people are a three. Like I think you're a three. Kenzie's a three. And I'm just like, yeah, but I'm like way lazier than all of you. So I don't know how I tested to be a three, but I am
2: apparently. No, I'm the exact. I'm three wing two. Really? Yes.
0: Oh my God. It's the best.
2: I think I just have more guilt. It's not Mm. even that I'm like so ultra productive, but it's like, if I, I mean, I've said this to you before, it's like, but if I do lay around all day, I'm like, I'm a piece of crap. Like I hate the way I feel, but, um, no, I feel every time you're like speaking and saying things, I'm like, I relate so (laughs) much. So I knew we had to be similar and we're the exact same. So. That's so That funny. makes a lot of
1: sense. Well, I want to ask you. Oh, sorry. Did you have a question? No, you're good. I want to ask you on your day's home, like when you are home all day, what determines if it's a good day at home where you're feeling like happy and calm versus like a day where you're feeling at the end of the day, crappy, guilty, whatever it is. Like, what's the all, difference? That is like such a good question. I just want to put that out question. there. That's
0: like such a good question. <laughs> Thank you. Because it, no, like it's such a good point too, because I think also the biggest thing is like You could almost have the exact same day, like physically doing the same things and it be a good day or a bad day just based on, I kind of say like the narrative you create in your own mind. So I kind of have learned to not beat myself up and like guilt myself, shame myself. And what I do is I just kind of, even if I'm feeling something, which is like, you know, in a certain mood, I try to not let that feeling drive my choices and you know, heighten that mood even more. So it's kind of the conscious decision of like, if I do want to lay in bed all day, like I'm consciously making that decision and I'm going to be okay with it. And I'm not going to shame myself for it later because everyone has such different types of self-care. And like, at the end of the day, if me taking a nap is like, what I need to recharge. I'm not going to then create a narrative of like, Oh, I can't believe I napped for an hour and a half. Like I'm so lazy. Like, ew, like I should have done meditation instead. Like if that's what I need, that's what I need. I just have to, it becomes a good day. If I make that narrative switch in my head, as opposed to comparing myself, make shaming myself, guilt tripping, all of that stuff.
1: No, I love that. It's like instead of being a victim of your circumstances, you're kind of creating that day. I feel the same way. It's where it's like some days, you know, you make the decision to do the exact same thing. Like you said, like take a nap or I'm going to make the decision today to watch this entire Netflix series. And (laughs) at the end of the day, I can still feel like fine. And I'm like, oh, that was fine because I made that decision. But when I feel like I'm a victim of my circumstances, like you were saying, like changing the narrative of it, I'm like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I let myself do that today. I'm not a three. So it's really not that big of a problem for me. But um, <laughs> no, I yeah, totally I feel like saying. it's like,
0: I think it's like a combination of being like an anagram type three and then like having like anxiety too. So, and they kind of like totally compete with each other almost because they're, it's a crazy combo. But it's kind of like the more you're self-aware and you do work on yourself, you're able to like actually have those conversations in your mind. Whereas like a lot of people just kind of, go through their days, like feeling all these different things without kind of just stopping and thinking and making those conscious decisions. And it's like, obviously much easier said than done, but it does get easier over time. And like, when you said Netflix, like I do that all the time where like, it'll be like one o'clock in the morning. And I have to literally say like, okay, am I just pressing play and like binging this right now, like in a bad way? Or like, am I making the conscious decision to be like, we're doing it. We're staying up till 3 a.m. <laughs> We're finishing out our
2: banks. Let's go. Which Full send it. Usually I full send it. I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> no, I, I remember in this book that I read, and I can't remember at the moment what book it was, but he was basically saying productivity is, is what you're choosing to do. So taking a nap or recharging and like watching a TV show can be totally productive in your mind. It's like you decide what a productive day looks like for you. And that's basically exactly what you're saying is when you make the conscious choice, you don't feel like out of control where it's like, oh, I should have been doing this and that. It's like, no, today I want to relax. I'm making that choice. And at the end of the day, I feel great about that. And I feel recharged. And, you know, maybe tomorrow I'm going to, I have more stuff that I want to get done or maybe I don't. And it's like, it just doesn't matter. It's what, it's what you want it's so interesting to like
0: make that also like a definition of productive because it's like obviously the way we talk about it makes sense but like to actually hear that that's what productivity is it's kind of almost like eye-opening to like oh because personally for me I associate productivity with like work and fitness like because those are the things that I just feel like I'm constantly never going to you know be six perfectly successful at and so it's so interesting when you say it like that because it makes you think oh okay wait Maybe I am more productive than I thought because I am doing things that like I want to complete and have fill up my day. I think that's a fairly really good point.
2: Totally. And I, I think also, like you said, with work and fitness, especially when you're your own boss with work, you can always be doing more. So that's how I feel. It's like I could be have the most productive day. And then I'm like, oh, I should have also done this, 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 and this and this because there's no, it's like, there's no limit to you think of all the platforms there are. It's like, we could be creating content around the clock. It's yeah. like, there is no limit to what we could do. And truthfully the same with fitness. You could work out as, you know, like I can always, always have more. a better body. I could have always True, been cleaner yeah. today. Like it's, it's just kind
0: of that, like, Cycle too, and it's it's just interesting that it go right when I said it. I was like, wait, that's so funny because that's like what your like balance boss course is. It's like kind of like wellness and work, and like I literally just said it, and I was <laughs> like, whoa, wait, like of course those two go hand in hand. I mean, we the three of us clearly know that. It's so funny. That was not scripted, you guys. <laughs> no, I swear like, to God, it you. is not scripted. Like, I make was sure like you wait mention a how second. important that
1: balance is.
0: <laughs> I was like, wait a second, maybe I, I need to take their course because like I have just like totally lost control with my like health and wellness journey. I used to be so on top of it and like I blamed it on being in a relationship. I was like, it's like I'm in love and I want to sleep in and like all this stuff, but like I like damn like when you ingrain those habits in you so hard that like now I'm just like I love sleeping in I live with my brother I like eating whatever I want but so it's like that productivity of like I could have worked out more this week I could have taken care of myself it's like me like looking in the mirror being like okay I don't look that bad
1: right but like I could look better like it's it's Mm -hmm. great it's exhausting change is always a constant especially these days it feels like there's something new to grapple with every single day Not, you know, I feel like it used to be, you know, maybe once a year we had something new, but really it's been Hunger Games um, (laughs) mode. At this point, it's once a day. Yeah. So we may be adjusting to this quote unquote new normal, but it's still very stressful and it's important to talk about it and seek support if necessary. That's why we're here to talk to you about Talkspace.
2: With Talkspace, you
1: get the support of a licensed therapist from the safety of your home and you can reach
2: out from your device whenever something is on your mind. You can send your therapist text, audio, picture, or video messages from your phone or computer 24-7 as much as you need to. Everything happens within Talkspace's secure platform all on your schedule. Talkspace matches you with a licensed therapist based on your needs and preferences. They have thousands of licensed therapists trained in over 40 specialties, including anxiety, depression, and relationship issues. Once you've matched, you can begin therapy the very same day.
1: The bottom line, you deserve support and you don't have to struggle on your own. Your Talkspace therapist can be your dedicated support system there to help you feel healthier and more empowered even in these very, very uncertain circumstances. As a listener of this podcast, you can get $100 off your first month on Talkspace. To match with your perfect therapist, go to Talkspace.com or download the app. Make sure you use the code Said to get $100 off your first month and show your support for the show. That's What We Said and Talkspace.com. Basically, time that we're saying that we're shooting on ourselves, like any, and I think with work and fitness are the two places that we can shoot on ourselves the most is where we're like, well, I should be eating this. Well, I should do this workout. I should do a longer workout. I should do five more reps. Like I should be, you know, completing this thing for work, whatever it is. It's like, as soon as that word comes into my mind, now I like, okay, I just shoot it on myself or I should on other people or circumstances like, well, it should be like this I'm like, as soon as that comes up, I notice my just frequency just really fall because it's just comparison, really. I'm writing that down, shooting myself.
0: <laughs> it's so good.
2: <laughs> it's really the opposite of a mood booster is, yeah. the, that is, uh, is when you're like, I should be doing that or they should be doing that. It's just not good vibes all around. Yeah. A hundred percent. Stealing
1: that. <laughs> okay kind of switching gears here. So how we both actually found you is through Real Bros of Simi Valley. So (laughs) kind of tell us how that came to be. And if you're listening to this and you haven't watched it, you need to go watch it. It's on, is it called Facebook Watch? Facebook Watch? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go watch it. But how did that come to be? Like, were you friends with them? How How did you get cast, I guess?
0: Yeah. So I basically, when I moved to LA, long story short, when I moved here, I was Uh, I set myself up with an internship at Awesomeness TV, which was very, very popular back in the day. And slowly but surely, I worked my way through being an intern to an employee to wanting to focus more on like comedy and lifestyle stuff. And I had wanted to act since I was really, really little. And I like auditioned for all that. Like I always loved comedy, but like I never (laughs) stuck with it. It was just like not realistic being from the Midwest. And so when I kind of saw that opportunity at Awesomeness TV to kind of get involved in more scripted stuff as opposed to just non scripted stuff. I really just kind of ran with it. And I just I acted a lot for probably like five years. Um, And I was on a sketch show called Betch. And it was a female um, starred sketch comedy like group. And so it was me and one, two, three, four, four other girls. It was kind of like a um, what do you compare it to? I don't know what to compare it Like an to. SNL kind of thing? Like a skit like, show? It was like SNL, but instead of the breaks of like the music and the host, the breaks were scripted like reality of us as characters. So it was like we're in the oh. writer's room and we're like, okay, like what should we do today? And like my character was like the Aubrey Plaza on Parks and Rec where I was always like, this sucks. Like I hate all of you. Like why am I here? I want to go home. And then it would like jump into a sketch where I'd be like dressed up as a dad or dressed up as a character or whatever. It was all these really great uh, skits in between. So for those skits in between, we would obviously have to cast other talent. Jimmy Tatro, who produced and directed and wrote and starred in Real Bros of Simi Valley, he was always in our sketches. And him and I did this sketch series on Betch where it was called The Perfect Graham And it was on Facebook and everything too. And it was like kind of this heightened version of taking the perfect Instagram. So it was like at first getting the angles, then standing on the chair, then the lighting team comes into the coffee shop. And then there's like a whole production. And it's like, it was absolutely hilarious. It got like 16 million views on Facebook, which is insane. Because no one has ever heard of Betch. Like it was always just the wrong place at the wrong time. Like, do you remember Go90 on Verizon? Like, it would, like, you don't even remember. It was, like, Quibi four years ago. Like, we were just always wrong place, wrong time. Like, now it's on (sighs) Teen Nick. No one watches Teen Nick. Whatever. Anyway, I've been friends with Jimmy forever. And we worked together on Betch. So when he did Real Bros of Simi Valley, he actually casted a lot of us on it. So the two main girls um, in the Real Bros cast, uh, Maddie and Monica, are the creators, writers, and stars of Betch. So he casted them on Betch. And then um, I was weirdly supposed to do Real Bros, like season one, and like had a different commitment. So I got casted in season two because he just texted me, I think that's how it went. (laughs) He just like texted me and was like, do you want to do this? and tell your team you want to do this. And they were like, I don't know if you should do this. And I was like, Hey, like, this is my friend. I'm doing it because acting spoiler alert. If you want to be an actor, you make no money. So don't do that. So yeah. So, (laughs) so that's why if you don't see me acting as much anymore, that's why. Um, but yeah, so Jimmy is just like such a good friend of mine. He wrote the whole show. I actually worked with Cody Co in another project called The Boonies. Before that, it was like another go 90 show that no one's ever seen. It was absolutely amazing and hilarious. And the best story, not to go on like the longest rant ever, but the best story I will tell you is that Cody and I have been friends forever. Jimmy and I have been friends forever. When I read on the first day showing up to Real Bros set that I had to make out with Cody, I almost lost my mind. I was like, I went to Jimmy and I was like, are you sure this is pivotal for the plot? Like, do you (laughs) think that this really needs to happen? And I like hadn't told my boyfriend that I had a kissing scene because I didn't know. I walked on to, basically when you get onto set, you get like a mini script of just what you're shooting that day. And it was like, viciously makes out with Wade. And I was like, oh my God, (laughs) I happened to have a cold that day. So I somehow maneuvered to like, let's try to fake kiss so I don't get one of the main characters sick. That would be so horrible. I don't want to <laughs> be sick. Well, because was he, did he have a girlfriend at the time too? So you guys were both dating people. So we were both dating people, which is totally normal in acting. It just so happened that like, this wasn't something where it's like, oh, I'm going to be making out with Shia LaBeouf for this big Oscar award nominated film. It (laughs) was like, like, this is my friend. Like, this is my friend and like, who cares? So we ended up fake making out, which is harder than making out. Um, I wish we probably should have just made out. I was like on top of him straddling him, putting my hands on his mouth and then kissing my hands on his mouth. And then Kelsey, his girlfriend, came to set three weeks later after we were shooting and being boyfriend girlfriend. It was so awkward to the point where finally we just like broke it down and we became best friends. So now me and Cody's girlfriend are extremely good friends. We hang out more than I hang out with Cody. Like she came to my Christmas party. Cody showed up an hour late. and I'm like, where have you been? Not that we care. And <laughs> it was just so like that show was hilarious. But unfortunately, I'm not in this upcoming season because he, you know, broke up with me and then he got a new girlfriend. So it's fine. Whatever shoot. Sorry for so that like really that long rant. Sorry.
1: No, I loved it. I, and I, I'm glad you said that because sometimes when I see actors and actresses, we've talked about this before, like, you know, doing a kissing scene, but you know, their real life and it's something similar to that where it's like, oh wait, they like are both married and they're, but they are, have been in a ton of movies and you're kind of like, that can't just be like, oh, that's nothing. It's normal, whatever. So I'm glad, I'm glad that you were honest about that. And it, and it is weird. I would feel like it was weird. It's literally like the most awkward thing in the
0: world. So much so to the point where, cause there's like a, so many people watching you. It's so scripted. Like it's not romantic. So much so to like where my boyfriend and I shot a music video together once and we had to kiss in it, obviously. And it was so awkward. Like, <laughs> and he's my boyfriend. We kiss all the time. Yeah. It, it's just like being on set. It's like not normal.
1: <laughs> yeah, I can imagine. So you've been doing YouTube for a long time. So how long before you kind of got into acting were you doing YouTube? Um,
0: I started YouTube when I was like 16, 17, because I don't ever know my age because I'm born in July. So it's like, you know, when like everyone in your grade is like different age than you. So I started like when I was 16, 17. And then I began hosting um, because like YouTube kind of like got me opportunities to start hosting. So I really ran with that for a while. And I was doing like red carpet hosting and like reporting and all of that stuff. And I went to school for broadcast journalism. So it totally made sense. It's like my dream was to be on e-news. Um, and I then kind of saw that opportunity, like I said, with awesomeness. So it was kind of just like, I would say, four years. And then I started acting, hosting, YouTubing. Like I was kind of always just juggling everything at once. It was never like I stopped anything to do anything else.
1: Yeah. So you've been in the social media game for a long time then. What would you say is your favorite and your least favorite thing about social media, all platforms? My favorite thing is
0: that just like everything I've been able to do because of it and like build. Like, it's like I said, when I was younger, I wanted to act and my dream was to be on E! News and... I always loved California when I visited here. And so it's really cool that I've been able to like really, when I think about it, check a lot of things off like that kind of like bucket life list, I guess, which I never really allow myself to kind of like, uh, what's the word, like sit in my accomplishments and be like, wow, like look at me like pat on the back. It's always just like check next. Where are we going? Um, So when I look back at it like that, it it actually is really, really cool. And especially being able to, you know, like be my own boss and work from home and have the luxury of like making those creative decisions and not having to have someone tell me how to edit my videos or make content. But the downside of that is obviously like being your own boss and being on social media technically like... There is sometimes where although I do work for myself, it really does feel like I'm working for my audience, which I do love. Like I want the people that tune in and listen to my content and watch me like I want them to be happy and I want them to enjoy it. But it is that kind of like scariness of, oh, and like can I lose everything if I just like stop or people don't like me anymore? It's like not that stability of like a normal job where like you have like a resume. It's like, we have followers instead of a resume. Like, yes, we still do have accomplishments. And I always say like, if I really wanted to go get a quote unquote normal job, I could like, I know how to do a lot of things that I've learned, but it's weird that like um that feeling of you, you work for yourself, but you also work for, you know, hundreds of thousands of people that you don't know at all, if that makes sense.
2: Totally. And I feel like I was just listening to Emma Chamberlain's podcast, actually. I haven't listened to many of hers, but I just like tuned in um, the other week and she was talking about how terrifying it is for most influencers to become irrelevant. It's like, that's just the most terrifying thought because you're like, I have to stay relevant to literally pay my bills, which really can be very taxing after a while. Uh, and a lot of times when you are like trying so hard to stay relevant, you almost become more irrelevant. It's like the, you know, when you're just trying and it's like, it's just not working. So you just got to do your thing. But yeah, I totally it's like, it's relate. It's not like
0: a normal job where you're like getting like promotions and just, I don't know, like it that stability, like you said, and like relevant, like, yeah, you can get fired from your normal job, but like it happens so differently like it's so not black and white on social media and then new people can just like pop up and become really viral and like really successful and all this stuff and it's like you said it's like it's never like i feel like most of us that have been doing this for a while at least kind of like recognize like how important authenticity is and so luckily the thing that helps me the most is realizing that it's all about like building a community that's engaged and meaningful and I don't care about ever. People would always say, "So what, how do you get to like five million followers now?" And I'm like, I don't care. Like, I just want to be able to do what I like and have people enjoy it and pay my bills. But it's like, still, it's always that like stress of like, pay my bills. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know.
2: No, totally. I I relate to everything. Um, speaking of authenticity, I feel like I'm trying to think of how long I've been following you, but I was telling Chelsea through the course of following you, and I don't know even how to articulate this because I definitely feel like you've always been authentic. Otherwise, I wouldn't follow you in the first place. But the longer that I have followed you, I almost feel like you've even become more and more real. Is that something that, again, I haven't followed you for like years and years? Have you always been, quote unquote, real with your audience where you're like opening up about stuff? Or is that something that's a little bit more new? No, that definitely makes that that makes total
0: sense. And the first thing that came to my mind is two things is I think it, it goes in stages because as we grow in real life, you kind of show yourself like growing, learning and changing on the internet. But since it is not just you, it is a part of you. It doesn't kind of like come out right away. So what I'm trying to say is like basically over the since 2011 to 2020, I've gone through different like growth spurts and I think that the way that I handle it is like a combination of healthy and unhealthy. Of like I have like a full on mental breakdown. I feel so disconnected from my content. I feel so confused. I feel like I don't know what to, what to do and then my solution always becomes just putting it all out there, putting it all out on the table. So it started like literally back when I was like 19 and I was going through a really bad time with my depression and I felt so fake. I felt so phony. I saw myself growing a larger audience at the time and I thought, okay, they are they probably think I'm perfect and that's just not the truth and I don't want people to think that of me. And so I came out with it and I said, listen, like I have depression here. Like this is what I like struggle with. I want you guys to know that it's okay if you feel like if you have the same things, you don't want it to compare yourself to other people. So I did it from a very beginning point of my career, but there always were these growth spurts where like, okay, well, after that depression video, and I started feeling myself more or whatever, I did fall back into those relevancy trends of like, okay, I moved to LA. I was very confused at a young age. People were telling me what to do. YouTube was changing. And then I kind of once again said, F it. Like, I I don't want to make this kind of content. Here's the real me. Let's try this again. And it was just these like little growth spurts and not that every time was false. It was that each time it, it was a different period of growth. It was a different period of change. And I always wanted to be transparent with that. And so in the past few years, that has truly been interesting because I've grown up so much. I did so much comedy and lifestyle and, you know, I've become like such a different version of myself in the past kind of year or so and I just didn't feel like my social media reflected that and I was trying to kind of reflect it and until I completely reflect it I just don't feel good like in myself. So that's kind of where those moments of like r- real like big vulnerability come. But then you can see after that that the content just gets better because I feel better and
2: I can deliver more.
0: Right? No. Yeah. Yes.
2: And, and it, it takes a weight off your shoulder when you're just honest. You're like, mm-hmm. guys, I'm literally like, like you said, I'm feeling so disconnected to what I'm doing. Like I've had moments like that too. And this is way more surface level, but even it's like, I was known as a photographer and that's what I've done forever is shoot on my digital camera. And then last year I just got so burnt out. And this year I haven't even picked up my camera once. Like I've just been shooting iPhone photos and film photos. And I was almost... So scared to do that because I'm like, people are gonna be like, wait, I follow you for your photography and not these just like random moments. But I was just honest. I'm like, I don't want to do that right now. And like I feel, like you said, almost fake doing it when I don't even want to. And I think people appreciate honesty so much more. And even if you are gonna lose followers, you'll the, you know, the real ones will stay or the ones who gravitate towards your content will stay. And that's the most important part, like you said, is having an actual engaged audience that wants to be there anyway.
0: Yeah, I mean, it gets like, it's like weird because, you know, I grew a lot on YouTube when I was doing like more comedy lifestyle. Um, I was do like, there were videos where I would like dress up in wigs and do like breaking news. And it was like all sarcastic, like that's on my YouTube channel. Um, So my content has changed so much. And I'm always like, are these people that are subscribed to me even going to like the content that I'm doing now? So that's why those like big moments of like, hey, like just letting you know, and you can stay, you can leave. But like the people are you kidding me? Like, What <laughs> is this dog um, He wants That's his face so to be insane. In um, but the the people are going to find you. And you know, the difference too, and why I think it is so weird and why we talk about it so much is because if you're going through something in your personal life and you're growing as a person, but you're still showing up to your nine to five job, like no one really, it doesn't affect you sending emails and designing a website. Like you're just doing it in real life, but we present kind of so much more as a part of our jobs. So it's so bizarre having to make those decisions. And I think that like everyone, like I always say to each their own, like some people have a shtick and like, that's what they do and they don't need to be transparent with their stuff. But when you're more lifestyle and you're sharing more and not necessarily a character version of yourself, it just, for me, it works to just kind of share and be able to like grow. And if I lose followers, it's fine. They're like, so be it. You know what I mean? Like if I need to get an older audience, like but the cool thing is our audience grows with us too, you know?
1: Mm-hmm. Well, what I think is really, first of all, inspiring. And I think that people listening who want to do social media and like want to do lifestyle stuff is to hear that you started before you felt like it was authentic. Cause I was just talking to my sister about that concept where she was saying, you know, ideally we would start every endeavor with a really positive mindset. And we would start everything like coming from a place where our why is just so concrete and it's coming from like a heart of gold. But it just, if if that was what we were waiting for, we'd be waiting for a long time because it's just not it's just not ideal. And it's just not realistic to think that every time you're going to try to do something that's going to be good for you, it's going to come from this place that seems like happiness. Sometimes it does come from like anger and sometimes it comes from like wanting validation from other people. And I think the point is just doing things. And it's like you were saying, you just started this and maybe you have to like adjust along the way. And it's like, okay, I'm going to start this YouTube channel because I think a lot of people nowadays know the importance of authenticity, but they don't know how to portray it. So then it almost comes off as inauthenticity or whatever that word is. But I think it doesn't really matter. Like just put it out there, do what you want to do. And then your growth kind of happens on its own. You can't, force it. You can't like push it and and expect it to happen right away.
0: Yeah. And I think it's like different things are good for you at different times. So it's not, it's like you were saying, like, it's never going to be perfect because everything is going to change. Like you can look at it with something so simple. Like, the bedspread on my bed, I love right now. I know for a fact in five years, I'm going to hate it. That doesn't mean that I'm never going to get a bedspread because I'm eventually going to hate it. Like when you look back at a picture of you on Facebook in sophomore year of high school, you're like, I looked horrendous. But at the time Mm -hmm. you thought you were the hottest thing to ever walk the planet. So it's like, you have to just live in that moment and do it. Because when I started YouTube, it was this is a creative outlet. This seems like fun. This seems like something I want to do. And that was it at the time. And then it changed. And I think the authenticity comes with just like being transparent as you're going through those changes and growth so that your audience can grow with you instead of being someone that they just maybe check in with from afar. It's just more kind of like, it builds a stronger like knit community between you
1: and your audience. No, definitely. You're not so focused on the longevity of it. Yeah. every single time. Yeah. I also think it's it's almost hard nowadays
2: because people know what can become of a successful YouTube channel or Instagram. So even if someone is trying to be really authentic and like have this why, it's like, oh, also I know that if I'm successful, I can literally be a millionaire off of this. So it's like, yeah. do you know what I mean? Whereas when all of us started social media and we genuinely had no clue what it was going to turn into, it it almost was more I don't want to say authentic, but it's just like, you're literally just doing something because it's fun. And then it turns into something and you're like, oh, sweet. But now it's that crazy. people know that, I think it's almost harder because it's like, wait, yeah. I'm trying to be authentic. I don't want to like go into this. Cause we always say in our course, it's like, don't start something being like, I want to get rich and famous. It's like, okay, no, you, you need to bring value to other people or else, you know, but I don't know. It's, well, and it's an I, I think it's thing.
1: okay to have those parts where like you were saying, like to pay bills. And if you do want, you know, a bigger audience, it's like, don't judge yourself for wanting those things on the side but if that's the main thing you're going for then that's when you're going to be a lot you're going to experience a lot of discouragement and a lot of disappointment yes and
0: I always say and I think too like I try to say that with like other career paths as well like you could say the same thing about like becoming a doctor like if you're going to sit and say like I was just I want to be yeah. the most well-known doctor in the tri-state area and have like the biggest salary da 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 it's like shouldn't you want to be a doctor because you want to save people's lives like it, it, it goes It goes for every single thing you do in your life. This is just something that happens to have an extremely toxic, like con side of it that a lot of careers maybe don't. And it's the Hollywood side of it. And it's the it's there's so much to the side of what we do that can easily be so destructive. But there's a lot of people that have figured out how to do that that are really good role models and balance things and kind of, you know, prioritize what's important and build really beautiful careers and lives around and having social media. So it's it can go on everything. Our our career just happens to have like this weird subgroup of like you can also be friends with a Kardashian and like get addicted to drugs and like live in a mansion and like start an OnlyFans. Like you can't be a doctor and start an OnlyFans. Maybe you can. Doctors are on TikTok now. I yeah. don't know. The world is weird now. It wasn't like this in 2011. So we're all figuring it yeah.
2: out. Yes, it's totally. it's it's so in- intertwined with your real life. That's what it is. That's the that's the thing that most jobs don't have that it, can be extremely toxic. I agree. Um, Okay. So you recently posted and let everyone know that you're sober. So first of all, congrats. Yes. Thank you. That's amazing. And I heard you say, and I don't remember if this was on your podcast or your YouTube video where you were talking about it, but you were saying you've gotten so much support and like, you're almost surprised by how much support you've gotten. I first, I want to ask, what would your advice be to someone who you know, feels like maybe they do have like an unhealthy relationship with alcohol or they're like, you know, but they're almost too scared to become sober or stop because it's not glamorous or it feels, they feel like they're going to be an outcast with their friends. Like, did you experience any of those feelings? Yeah. I mean, it took me, first of all, thank you. And it
0: took me, um, I would say like a year and a half to, get to the place where I was ready to get sober after recognizing that I had a drinking problem. And when I say recognizing I had a drinking problem, that was like when I actually like admitted it out loud. And I had always had a bad relationship with alcohol since I was 14. So it wasn't like this thing that I was completely unaware of. It was more so the fact that like you're saying, you don't want to be a social outcast. And you want to be like everyone else. And there are these things that are normalized. There are these things where like you kind of just deal with it because it's a part of drinking is a part of your life. And so it's tough because it's like when you're when you say like, how do you help someone that maybe has an unhealthy relationship? It's I think the thing that happens that always has to happen is you have to hit kind of your bottom, because if you're getting in like, if people that maybe are sober know this, like they'll kind of understand the terminology. It's not like I'm coming up with this, but if you're functioning and you're kind of getting away with it, maybe your behavior is only affecting you or it's only affecting one part of your life and you're able to kind of like fix it up and move on. You're not going to really kind of like get rid of it. And you're because it is such a normalized part of so many people's lives. And it's tough. Like depending on what kind of person you are. Because for me, like, I'm a really big people pleaser. I have social anxiety. I never knew that I had social anxiety because I always said, like, I don't know why I drink, like, why I feel like I have to drink. And my therapist literally said, she was like, because you have social anxiety. And I was like, what? But like, just based (laughs) off every single thing I told her, she was like, yeah, you do. And I was like, Oh, but like I'm so outgoing and hilarious. She was like, you still have social anxiety. So, <laughs> it was just like it, it's it's tough. It, in terms of advice, I would say the least you can do is get curious because it seems scary and it seems like so dark and problematic to be like I'm sober. Like my biggest fear was like you know, having to be like, I'm sober, but like, it's not because I want to lose weight. It's because I have a drink, like I identify as being an alcoholic. Like that thought is like, oh my God, like, I don't want my son dating an alcoholic. Like, you know what I mean? It's just like, it's such a stigmatized word. So I would just say, don't think about like the dark stuff and make it into something that you've based off TV shows and movies. Like just get curious, start to kind of look into maybe other people that are sober. There's a whole trend going around called sober curious. And I was just looking into it the other day. And the problem is, is, you know, obviously some people have drinking problems and they actually need to get help, but at least it kind of allows everyone to question their relationship with alcohol. Cause even if you're not an alcoholic, like maybe it's not serving you at all. And it was just a double-edged sword for me. It wasn't serving me and I had a drinking problem. And so for me, I'm just like, what, like, Yes, it's still a struggle. Like, I'm not perfect. I'm not saying that like everything has been lifted from me. Luckily, a lot of it has, but at least when you get curious, you can start seeing like, oh, wait, I didn't actually need to drink that night. Like, I actually had fun. Like, just like try to test yourself, try to read different articles. Like, maybe try to figure out if you know any other sober people. Like, there's kind of a whole world out there without alcohol. And if you just get curious, like, you might kind of learn more about yourself and find something that you didn't think was there, if that
1: makes sense. (laughs) It does. I love that. I I was going to ask you because maybe you can um, relate to what I'm about to say. But when I kind of figured out that I had an eating disorder, like the thought of having an eating disorder, it was like very similar to how you were describing like alcoholism. It's like, oh, I didn't think this was like an eating disorder where I'm like the girls on the movies that I've seen growing up. But in a weird way, when I found out, like when I started reading about what it actually was and I was like, oh my gosh, I have an eating disorder. Wow. It was almost like this like lifting feeling on top of me, maybe because eating disorders were like, I didn't really know too much about them. But once I kind of realized the problem, it was almost like it was a lot easier to combat it. Like it was easier. It almost felt like a weight off my shoulder. Like, oh, I don't have to live like this for the rest of my life. Like there is a way that people have like overcome this and like I can get better and I don't have to live like this all the time. So kind of what was your experience when you kind of came to the grips? Like, okay, I actually identify as an alcoholic.
0: Yeah. And I mean, the first thing I will say too, is that like, I think everyone has an ism or like a something that they kind of use as like an unhealthy coping mechanism or something. And I think the a uh, really big like commonality, like in isms and addiction stuff is like, alcohol, drugs, eating disorder, like all that stuff. It's really similar. It's just like some people's like, oh, I take it out with food. I take it out with alcohol. And so like I've even been in, you know, different meetings where, you know, I've been outnumbered with by people with eating disorders as opposed to like alcoholism. And at first I was like, I didn't want to share or like I was just listening and learning because I didn't feel like I identified with any of it. And then I was talking to my friend and she was like, no, like, you have to realize, like, just think about what they're saying with food, with alcohol. And like, you can 100% identify with them and understand their struggle. And it's like the same thing. And I was just like, oh, and I started realizing just like all the commonality and realizing that like, people might think about these disorders or these problems as like so crazy, but it's like, if you just think about someone's struggle, like when they're being vulnerable and related to like, maybe something unhealthy in your life, like no one's perfect. So it should be not that hard to do that. So I totally understand basically what you're saying about the kind of like the commonalities. And I think in that is that there is a solution. And I think a lot of people don't realize that because you see the label of something that's wrong. And for me, it's so interesting that you said, like, it was a weight lifted off your shoulders because, you know, it is that thing. I think at first it's like the label maybe like is heavy, but seeing that there is a solution, for me at least, was the thing that made me feel better. I think that, like I said, you have to hit bottom. And for me, I just, I think I was just so tired of trying so hard to... Control my drinking and to control my relationship with alcohol and make it healthy when it just obviously wasn't that, like, I had to at least try to cut it out of my life and like get help because I tried to go to therapy, I tried to do it by myself, I tried to like set boundaries and it just, I couldn't do it. And so until I really like dove in and, you know, did the whole like recovery process, which you know, is another thing that people don't really understand, like how much work it is like to do all of these things. But it's just then you start seeing all of the benefits and you're like, oh, okay, like this actually is like living a life without alcohol, like actually isn't the end of the world. Like Mm -hmm. I like I can't imagine if I was drinking during, during quarantine. Like I I literally can't imagine going through 2020 not being sober, like just in a way of like, thank God, because it has allowed me to experience so many things that I wouldn't, like I, my family lived with me for three months and I would have been drunk the whole time. And now I have all of these memories that I, A, remember and B, like there was no fighting. It was just like actual family bonding. Like, so it's just crazy. Like thinking, going into a pandemic, let's say for a tangible example, like going into a pandemic thinking, oh my God, how am I going to get through this without alcohol? And then coming out the other side being like, thank God I don't drink. Like that's kind of where you get eventually when you recognize the problem and see that there's a solution. But it's obviously really hard to get there. It's not like, oh, there's a solution. Here I go. Like it's still, it's a struggle, you know?
1: Yeah, and each I feel like each day, no matter what, and I'm sure you feel like this too, where it's like you're on the other side at one point where you're like, wow, I can't even imagine like where I was at that point. Like my mind feels so much different. But then there are still, I think what people need to realize is like, there's still days where it's like, you kind of get a glimpse of that mindset and it's like, kind of feels like gravity is like pulling you towards it. And you're like, no, I understand now, at least that like there is the other side, you know, is so much better. Like you are saying what basically, actually your dad said this about addictions is like, basically we're all addicted to something like you're saying. And it's because we all feel like there's something bad in our life and we're just trying to feel better. So it's like, no matter what that is, you're trying to feel more in control of your life. So you feel like, okay, if I take these substances, if I drink alcohol, then at least I'm controlling how I'm feeling. Then at least I'm like trying to make myself feel better. Like if I'm controlling what I'm eating, that's at least something that I'm controlling. And I think a big one is social media because when I think about sometimes even I just saying, I'm like, oh my gosh, I actually relate more with that social media than like now it used to be food. And now it's more social media where it's like, you think, anything that at this point you're like, if any year, if I could picture my life without it, it's like, seems kind of scary. Like when I think about that with social media, I'm like, oh my gosh, that would be, that's kind of a scary thought. Yeah. But <laughs> I think it's um, something that's so easy to do that where it's like, it makes you feel better as soon as you get on social media. Yeah. Temporarily, it, obviously not deep down, but.
0: I literally said to my brother, I was like, I think I'm addicted to Instagram. Like my, like I've realized how much time I spend on it in such like a passive way that like it's muscle memory. I'll close out all my apps and I'll open Instagram and all of a sudden I'm scrolling and I'm not even like consciously like kind of engaged. But, and you know, it's interesting too. Like we're all, like you said, we're always looking for something to make us feel better. And like, it's a constant struggle. Like I, at least we can have those conversations out loud with ourselves too. Of like, when I have anxiety and like, I don't feel good and I just like, don't, I don't want to feel like that anymore. Like I still think, oh my God, like, hey, this is why I drank. Be, it'd be great to be able to drink right now. Like literally yesterday, I'm like sitting in bed and I'm like, it would just be so nice to have a glass of wine right now. But like, then my conscious mind enters and I'm like, I know what would happen and how I would actually feel if I had that. The same way with food of like, oh, like chocolate would be so good right now, but you know the feeling it m- makes you feel mentally and physically afterwards. And like, but there's always gonna be something new. It's taking the most toxic ones out of your life first because- even after I, you know, got sober, like the next thing that entered was sugar, which is very common in recovery. Like in rehab centers, they have like cakes and like cookies and like all this stuff because your body is not getting all that sugar from alcohol anymore. So like you're actually like craving it. And I, I literally was like my friends noticed right away when it, literally I didn't tell anyone I was sober. And the first thing people were saying is like, since when do you like dessert? Like, since when are you craving so much sugar? Because I was like, can we get, like, cookies? Like, oh, I'll have another slice of that cake. And they're like, who are you? Like, you're always eating, like, cheese and crackers. So it's just so funny, like, what we gravitate towards to, like, keep filling. And, like, at the end of the day, it just is, like, that journey of, like, being, like, able to sit still and, like, be okay, Mm -hmm. like, with yourself and, like, find healthy coping mechanisms. Like, not to say that you have to, like, sit in a box and, like, not be able to grab or reach for anything, but at least kind of like being able to feel good about the choices that you make and like be able to deal with when you're not in those good moods. And it's just, it's wild. I mean, what I, do I wish I didn't have alcoholism as opposed to something else? Like, yeah, because it's cool. Like I want to be a girl on Instagram with a glass of wine, like, but it's just like,
2: that doesn't work for me. And I had to say sayonara. Yeah. (laughs) Do you know what too is neither of us drink and like I, I remember when I would go to influencer events, not that I felt dumb, but I'd be like, you know, when they would pass out champagne, it's always like, oh, I'm okay. Thank you. And what I started noticing is that actually a lot of people don't drink, even if they yeah. like, you know, whether they're, you know, they have a problem or, the, and they're trying to get sober or they just choose not to, they mm-hmm. don't like the way it makes them feel or whatever. And it started making me feel like, oh, that's not it's not that weird. But it's that like, I'm no one like talks about it so you don't realize it. Like,
0: I think a big thing that really helps me is my boyfriend, like, doesn't really drink. Like, yeah, like help like if he really like if, you know, all the boys are, like, doing, like, a special whiskey or something, he'll be, like, tasted like, he just doesn't like the way it tastes and he doesn't like the way it makes him feel. So, oh, wow, I wonder how Lauren got sober. My boyfriend was a big <laughs> help in that. Um, yeah. So it's just, like, interesting that you say that, but it's, like, you would never know that because, like, you've probably still seen pictures of my boyfriend, like, around to alcohol or, like, with drinks or, like, at a party. Maybe he'll pick something up. But you, so you go to all these places and influencers and, like, you see people getting wasted and, like, now I'm kind of, like, thank God I'm not that wasted girl anymore. But it's true. Like you don't like I would never know that you didn't drink unless I like really like talk to you, listen to you. Like, you know what I mean? It's like from an Instagram scrolling perspective. It's not
2: like it's just obvious the same way. It's like, oh, everyone's blonde. Like, you know. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Except for us. Yeah. Well, I'm I really genuinely am like so proud of you. And I feel I was watching your video. I'm like, first of all, I feel like I've known you forever. Like you're my friend. (laughs) And I just feel like so
1: proud. So good for you. Thank you. Um. One more thought before we get into some recommendations from you that um when you were talking about how, like, oh gosh, I just wish I had a drink right now, that reminded me of uh, some yoga class I was in. And basically, again, I it's like you know all these things, but when when it's said out loud, it's like, oh duh, that clicks. And she was saying, you know, if your thoughts are wandering off, because you know in a yoga class, you're supposed to be present and focusing on being on the mat. And she was like, if your thoughts are wandering off, that's okay. Just like come back to your mat. And she was saying, The whole point of this work, the work is coming back from those like distraction, like distracted thoughts. The point of this class is to not be on your mat the entire time. And so it's kind of like the point of life is not to be not distracted 24, you know, 24 seven and not have any kind of struggles whatsoever. It's like the best work, the best happiness and joy comes from coming back from and like working to get to that point. Like it's not at the point of pure presence that is really. We're gonna feel that joy. It's like on the way back to it and like working to get there.
0: Yeah. It, I think that like that's kind of almost like the biggest like misconception of just like life is you think you're gonna like reach a point where just like everything is in place and everything makes sense. There's like no work left to do. You're not like, you know what I mean? And so it's just yeah. kind of like, no, like that's it's like being able to kind of go f- and let's use the yoga example, like kind of like get distracted and come back to the mat and not like beat yourself up on the way and be like, oh my God, I need to be on the mat. And like, yeah, you know what I mean? It's kind of like letting it ebb and flow like a little bit smoother, at least I think, especially, I mean, being sober, you're a lot, you can do that a lot easier because you're not intoxicated half the time and like have like, everyone's like hangover anxiety. I'm like, does no one else realize that that's like a really bad thing? And like, you should probably figure that out, but I'm not here to preach like on um, my soapbox about how great being sober is. Gotta yeah, let everyone figure it out for themselves.
1: Well, and I think it's easier that way when you think of things like that to be grateful for your struggles because people always say be grateful for your struggles. But if you think of it like, oh, the struggles is actually what allows me to feel better. Not like I'm grateful for my struggles because I learned, you know, because it showed me this. It's like, actually, that is what's making you happy is like coming back from the struggles. Then you can actually feel grateful for them. Well
2: it's whoa <laughs> it's it's kind of funny when you're saying that I was thinking it's funny that we do experience so much disappointment in our lives and things and we expect things to go smoothly because that's just not how life works and I was thinking like you said the point of life isn't for everything to be perfect so when we have these trials or these struggles it's like that's a part of our journey that shouldn't be like oh here we go again it's like nothing's supposed to be perfect. So you're on your path and it's like, that's great. And we shouldn't ever be like so disappointed in an unproductive quote unquote day because it's like, what, you expect everything to be perfect? That's just not even realistic at all, you know? It's like, it's
0: literally like what we were saying, just even with the day-to-day stuff, like not even like the big things of like, oh, deciding I had to get sober. It's like a Tuesday when like, I can't decide like what to do. And I realized that it was the same thing of like heightening everything and how we're seeing like flow back and forth of the mat when you get distracted and just make it more easy and breezy. It was like when I was like not feeling great, let's say like maybe having a little bit of anxiety or just like a little stressed out and just kind of wanting to lay down for a minute and just going in on myself and like making myself have anxiety and getting even more stressed out and being like, oh my God, I'm having so much anxiety. What if I'm depressed? Like going crazy. And I was just like kind of talking to my therapist and she was like you know you're like allowed to not even allowed like you're a human like you're going to be stressed tired like anxious like you don't have to make it these big things with these big labels and like just a nightmare for yourself and so it's kind of like it's the day-to-day things too of like you can't be happy 24 7 like you just you can't and so it's like figuring out how to like go from being sad to like happy again or like when you're sad be like remember how good happy feels like you're going to get there eventually. So just like get through this like little part like that always like whenever I'm having anxiety, I'm like, remember how good Tuesday felt when like you were good, like just like get through it and don't make it that bad. So like you can get to the happy part faster instead of like sleeping for 24 hours, which is my coping mechanism. Oh my <laughs> Same, God, you're honestly, welcome for napping. that.
2: <laughs> my voice just sounded amazing.
1: <laughs>
2: That's our new intro music. Yeah, <laughs> literally. Okay, so ending with some recommendations from you because you, I feel like that's a huge part of your brand is like recommending the best products ever. So I don't even have necessarily a category for you uh, because I feel like you post a lot on like your blog and stuff or even about on your podcast of like mood boosters or things that you are loving at the moment. So what comes to mind when I say like two products or things lately that you're obsessed with? Okay, (laughs)
0: This is like when someone asks me my favorite movie. I'm like, I don't Is I it don't stressful? Know. Do you want me to give it No, my memory is just so bad. Um, And then I can't decide. Okay, ready? Ready. My two recommendations that are mood boosty and just like straight up Lauren Elizabeth approved is obviously, you know this, you love this, the Kindle Oasis. It is just love. the best thing in the world. And I feel like 2020 was the year where we all rediscovered reading, like as if we didn't learn about it, like in elementary school. And it's fabulous. It's the biggest mood booster ever. And then my second recommendation would be Better Booch Kombucha. Have you guys tried that brand? Better Booch? No. It's like in a can. So. Like it's kind of like in like a tall can. You can find it on pretty much every single piece of content I post because it's all I talk about. I am literally obsessed with it. It doesn't have like the culture, like in kombucha. It's just kind of like a really carbonated, like smooth flow. They have like ginger, they have rose, they have like earl gray. I put it in a wine glass with ice. So whether you're just like a wellness lover, you just like a fun mood booster, or you're just looking for a way to cut out alcohol just in general because of health or whatever reasons, it is so good. You can get it on Amazon, Better Booch, and it tastes it is like literally my treat every single day. Like it keeps me sane. It's like everyone else gets a treat at the end of a work day. Where's mine? Yeah, boom, better booch. So good. I love kombucha. Wait, what's your favorite flavor? Ginger. I feel like it okay. kind of like tastes like just like such like a mocktail to me, and I also just love ginger in general. So it's like the perfect combination.
2: Okay, I'm gonna have to try it. We're gonna pick it up at our local grocery store. I'm pretty sure it's like on my Instagram, like right now. So you're good. <laughs> okay, perfect. Um, well, thank you so much, Lauren, for coming on our podcast. That was an amazing conversation. We love you, and we can't wait to hang out with you once all this. Craziness I know. Is I over. like.
0: I'm literally like. I'm sorry, I talk so much. Just like, I love you guys so much. Thank you for having me, and I just like, I really want quarantine to be over so we can just like sit and talk for like five hours straight. Like that is like what I I'm know. looking forward to. Hopefully, before 2021.
1: I just got giddy thinking about that. (laughs) Like a big girl sleepover, And I'll bring the kombucha, okay? Yeah, (laughs)
2: we're ready. Okay, um, tell everyone where they can find your Instagram, your YouTube, and everything else.
0: Everything is at Lauren Elizabeth, just at Lauren Elizabeth on Instagram. And like all the details per usual are like in my bio. So you can find my podcast, which is Mood, YouTube channel, website with even more recommendations, just everything at Lauren Elizabeth
2: amazing and if you guys want to follow our um podcast instagram it's at what we said podcast so you guys should definitely follow but thank you so much for listening and that's that's what what we said. said